In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. In today's Gospel reading, um, we hear the Gospel about when the angel appeared to Joseph and, uh, in order to, and told him to take St. Mary and Jesus, sorry, he, he appeared to Joseph to take St. Mary and Jesus to go to Egypt because Herod sought to, sought to kill uh, Christ. So in the night they fled and uh, they stayed there until Herod died. And of course, in, in, because of the greatness of Herod's um, pride and his, um, his hatred, um, he of course ordered for all children under the age of two to, in Bethlehem to be, to be killed. And then the angel appeared to Joseph and told him to go to Israel because now Herod is dead and um, eventually ended up in Nazareth. And, um, you know, what stood out, what stood out to me is, is, is the point that, that they fled in the night and that they fled such a long distance. Um, I mean, I, it feels overwhelming traveling like two hours in a car with my toddler, let alone traveling hundreds of miles um, without heat or AC. Um, that, of course, that they endured when going to Egypt and, of and going back. And sometimes we might think that St. Mary and St. Joseph would have received some type of exception, that being the, the, the caretakers and the parents of Jesus Christ, that maybe God would give them some level of relief when dealing with these things. But of course, that wasn't the case. And so again, in verse 14, he says, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. For us, we see the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ as a very joyous occasion. And we all come here to celebrate um, for this occasion. But we may, we may say that for Mary and Joseph, it might have seemed sort of like a dark time. That they're fleeing, fleeing danger. The angel doesn't disclose to them how long they expect to flee for, to be in Egypt for. So there's very little details. And so you could say that this was a sort of time of darkness. Death is all around. Herod wants Jesus to be killed. Um, again, to the point of killing, uh, you know, even the children in the area. And when I say that it's a dark time, it's not, um, or that they experience darkness, it's not darkness of their own sin, but darkness in experience. Darkness in not feeling the presence of God's light. I may, I, we may imagine that maybe uh, during this time, maybe St. Mary and St. Joseph, Joseph are wondering, where are you, God? Okay, you told me maybe a couple years ago that we needed to flee. Now, now what? And you don't come and visit and, and reveal yourself to us very often with the angel. So we might sense um, that maybe the angel's appearance should have given a sort of consolation to St. Mary and St. Joseph. But how many times have we ourselves sensed God's presence in our lives? It's, there's no... God in his mercy reveals himself to, to all of us in very different ways. 
And so we may have sensed or felt God's presence very active in our lives, maybe at certain times. And then there's times in which we feel like that's, that, that activity or that presence of God's light is now gone, is no longer there, and maybe even for a very significant time. So yes, maybe for, for St. Joseph or St. Mary, or with Joseph, it was an apparition, or actually it was in, in his dream. But we all get different types of, of revelations in some way. But again, we also sometimes may feel this darkness that I'm sort of fleeing in, in, in the night, alone. And so this darkness reminded me of um, of, of course, we all know Mother Teresa, to have experienced this certain darkness. Again, we all experience this darkness, but it was, it was something that many people looked at Mother Teresa because she was very, um, she was very transparent and honest about experiencing this darkness and sort of feeling an absence uh, of clarity from God. And, of course, Mother Teresa, she did experience profound mystical revelations and later on began to experience uh, darkness. And there was the saying that her father's, uh, her spiritual fathers gave, would say that the, the mystical deserts eventually led to the deserts. And, again, at times we experience God's presence uh, we find that there may be in those times we find there's peace among the people that I'm that you know among my friends and my family. Maybe I find a great zeal in my prayer life. Uh, maybe I find clarity in my in my spiritual life and in my my day to day life. And then at times again we experience this darkness and what once seemed to be clear no longer is. What who was once very present has sort of abandoned me. And so today's gospel is a message for us that we celebrated his coming, but his incarnation is an invitation to humanity to share in the darkness that Christ himself took on on this earth. Mother Teresa, she said, for the first time in this 11 years, I have come to love the darkness, for I believe now that it is a part of a very, very small part of Jesus's darkness and pain on earth. You have taught me to accept it as a spiritual side of your work. So the co-creator, he bows the heavens, as we say in the liturgy. He lowers himself to be man in order to save his creation. And so Christ himself, he experiences darkness for our sake. As we say, he who knew no sin became sin. And this sort of taking on of sin was not a like a metaphorical gesture, like, I, I will take your sin. And in the moment, it's like, okay, I took it and it's gone now. Don't worry about it. It was torturous. The torture that, was, that came upon Christ, probably the least of the torture was the whippings and the, the crucifixion. Probably the most torturous part of the death of Jesus Christ was the taking on of humanity, the sin of humanity sin of humanity. And so in this moment, he was God, God, the, cre the, the, God, the creator, the, the, the all-present and all-knowing, 
he, he was made a sinner. Of course, not by his own doing, but by his love, he was made a sinner. So he endured for a moment the darkness that we experience just as what did Christ himself say to the Father? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why, Father, have you abandoned me? St. Cyril of Alexandria, he explains that he cried out these words as one of us. He cried out these words on behalf of all of our nature. And then he says that he would undo, in this moment, he would undo our abandonment um, by his obedience and complete submission. So he would undo our abandonment by his obedience and complete submission. As if Christ is saying that sin and corruption leads to abandonment, leads to a separation, but this can be undone through the obedience and the submission of Jesus Christ. And we sort of we find the same sentiment with even Mother Teresa because she describes her, her life as a sacrifice to God that made reparation for the sins of the world. She would say, uh, or this was spoken, spoken of her, that she would made, make reparation for the sins of the world. Their chastity, that is the order of, of Mother Teresa, their chastity for our immorality, their poverty for our materialism, their obedience for our rebellion, their free service to the poor for our greed. And then the author, who was someone who went and experienced a few months with Mother Teresa in her service, said, and I would add her spiritual darkness for our godlessness. Like Jesus, Mother Teresa became numbered with the transgressors. Her spiritual emptiness made reparation for our abandonment of God and the poorest of the poor. So she sought to, to share in what Christ did, which was to take on darkness to undo humanity's separation. Empty, emptying herself to undo the separation caused by evil. And maybe we, when I, when I read this, I said, maybe this is something that that I need to practice too, that to, to take on the same things, that for reparation of sin, to be chaste, to be, uh, to be poor, to be obedient, to, have, to give myself um, always as a service, and numbering ourselves with the transgressors. And we find that to make it through this darkness, even the darkness, imagining the hundreds of miles that St. Mary and St. Joseph traveled and the darkness that, that we experienced, the darkness that many of the saints experienced, that it must be a choice. I must say that I choose God regardless of what He wants because I recognize that in the darkness and out of the darkness He is there. The Holy Family, again, they, they traveled to Egypt in the night in the midst of wild animals, no sleep, no comfort, nothing. And yet the King of Kings is still in their midst. And on the outside, we see a lot of terrible things happening in our lives. We find dryness in our spiritual lives. We find challenges in, in, in relationships with other people. 
But the truth is that the King of Kings is still present. He hasn't abandoned any of us. It's like, you know, um, if we look at children, if you're upset with your, your child, if you're upset with a high schooler, they won't care. But if you're upset maybe with like a toddler, they actually care. And they, and not saying that God gets, God gets upset with us, but they sense that there was a separation that happened because of their disobedience and our, and our disapproval of, of what is, uh, of what is part of our nature, sort of, sort of, so to, so to speak. So they sense the separation that happened and they come and they say, sorry, and they'll hold on to your leg and you know, you're still upset and you're just dragging. You're just dragging them on your leg. They're not going to let go. And this is sort of the, the spiritual darkness that I feel the separation. There's a separation, but I'm going to choose that I'm going to cling to you. Regardless of how you want to, regardless of what you want to do or say, I'm going to cling to you. It is a choice. So I have a lot of challenges in my life, whether, again, everything that we, that we mention, I feel like you have abandoned me, but I don't care. I'm going to sort of hold on to your leg and you can drag me however long and wherever you wish. So that might mean that I don't want to pray, but I will pray. I don't want to attend liturgy, but I will attend the liturgy. I don't want to be kind or forgiving, but I will... I will be kind and forgiving. It's a choice that goes against our nature. St. Severus of Antioch, he says, Just as the sun, when it shines a gloomy and dark house, as soon as it puts forth its ray, dispels the darkness, since it itself is not affected by darkness. In the way, also the only God, the Word, the Son of Righteousness, as soon as he approached our nature, also dispelled the curse. He's, he says, he's saying that the darkness was vainly applied to Jesus Christ. It was vainly applied. That yes, the burden was applied, but because of the power of Jesus Christ, because of the power of God, that it still dispelled the darkness, the torture. And in the same way that what we experience in our darkness is still, um, is still in, in, in vanity. It's still something that um, is not part of our nature. When we have Christ who conquered this, this death or this, who conquered um, this darkness then those who believe in him take on the same victory. And so this darkness, again, is, it's, it's vain. It doesn't go, it's not reflective of the of darkness of the soul. But yes, darkness of, dark, darkness in experience, darkness in feeling abandoned because of corruption and sin. But in Christ, darkness is applied in vain, is not victorious over the soul. May we be always confident in the Lord's presence in our life, to always choose Him despite our feelings and share in Christ's submission to undo the abandonment of God. To Him be the glory both now and ever and to the ages of all ages. Amen.